What if you could say an all-in yes to yourself for 2022? What if you could commit fully to the things you said you were going to do, to the vision that you have, and to be in the room with a mentor who will hold you accountable, cast an even wider vision for you, and give you the strategy, tools, tactics, and support to ensure that these things come to fruition. Welcome to the iconic experience. Oh, just like comes out of me from the depths of my soul, this program, if I can even call it that. It's just not. That's why it's called the iconic experience. It is an experience. And it is one of the biggest gifts I've ever put out into the world. You are going to be part of a mastermind, a high level executive roundtable of perfectly welcomed in and invited in souls who will collaborate with you and network with you and stretch you and share ideas and all the goodness that comes out of a mastermind is so extraordinary. So you're going to have that every month. You're going to have group Voxer. So that mastermind stays active and you can drop in and ask questions and really share with one another and build deep, meaningful relationships. And on top of that, I thought, what could I do to expand this beyond something that I've seen out there in this world? And that is you have a full iconic experience by welcoming yourself into the rooms of everything I launch live in 2022. So you do not need to contemplate whether you should or do I want to invest. You get to sit back and receive for the entire year as the result of a single yes to yourself. One yes gets you a mastermind for the entire year full of really wicked women, group Voxer with these same women and myself, and you walk in the room for all the live coaching programs that I launch in 2022. You're just in. You're in the room. So this is really for the woman who is ready to lead, lead herself, lead her business, lead her life. And if this sounds like, ooh, it's a prayer I've been asking for, and I just want to say yes to something and just enjoy the experience versus looking constantly for the next thing, the next answer, the next coach, oh, the confusion, the chaos, the energy that is expended through that. Welcome to the iconic experience. You can come into the DMs tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for. I actually do have quite a bit of clients that are pescatarian or they can't eat dairy or they are choosing not to have a lot of animal products itself. I think that it comes down to, again, if you're willing to put the time into understanding macronutrients, I don't want to say it's not challenging because it is, it definitely is more challenging. It takes more effort to get the right amount of proteins and amino acids. If we go back to that amino acid story, there are a specific amount of amino acids to make complete amino acids, and we need all of them to function properly. Vegan sources or plant sources of proteins are not complete amino acids. So you need to do a lot more combining of plant proteins and different types, even vegetables that just have protein in them. You don't have to think just tofu or beans. Things like broccoli actually have a high amount of protein in them, but they're not going to have a full amino acid profile structure. 
Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Hey, icons, welcome to the podcast today with my nutrition coach, Andy Baker, who is a health and sports nutrition coach and a personal trainer and also owns multiple locations for the gym F45. So Andy has been an incredible part of my journey and really bringing myself back from a year where I completely let myself go in terms of health and nutrition. When COVID hit, I just ended up sitting on the couch and treating every day like it was a Saturday. Quickly, that turned into feeling fatigued. I definitely put on weight and that stemmed into a whole slew of things of inflammation and just not feeling as confident as I wanted to be, especially being somebody who's in the online space. When you're showing your face every day and showing up, confidence for me does come back to the way I feel in my clothes. And that is just my journey, not necessarily the right journey. And I know that in the health industry, the nutrition industry, there are a lot of different ways of looking at things. Before we hit record, I just said to Andy, my whole point of this series is not to make a judgment or compete against one another, but to instead highly educate you, the listener, so that you can make the right choices for you on your health journey. So I met Andy because she works with some pretty high influencers and I had watched their journey and went, who do you work with? What's going on? And I had a very similar experience where I started to count macros, et cetera. So we're going to dig into that kind of conversation today. And Andy, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Becoming Iconic podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I haven't done an interview or a podcast interview in a really long time. So I'm super excited. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. I have to give a shout out to our European listeners, because as I was reading your bio, you lived in Germany, in Berlin, and we have viewers, listeners from all over the world. So let's give a little shout out to Germany. Talk to me a little bit about that experience, because I think that's where your passion came through, right? For nutrition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Such a great time of my life. That was about from the years of 2011 to 2016. It was kind of an interesting transition for me. I started traveling when I was 18 for a modeling contract. I went to Asia first, spent a good chunk of time in Asia before moving over to Europe, kind of made my base first in Hong Kong and then my next base in Berlin. Being a 18-year-old at first and just traveling and having so much fun being in the modeling industry, it was just like, where do I get to go next? It didn't really matter how much money I made. I was just loving the traveling and just really experiencing life at its fullest, I guess. I think by the time I got to Germany, I was ready for a little bit of a change, a little bit more of a focus. To be honest, I was never really passionate about modeling. It's not like fashion was my passion or or modeling per se. It was more or less just a means to travel. So I found that I just didn't feel passionate about what I was doing. And I knew that I had some other interests. Didn't have the healthiest lifestyle. 
but and it was fun. Obviously, it just, you know, as any young 20 something, I was drinking a lot. So <laughs> just enjoying that time of like, oh, I'd never get hangovers type of time of your life. So <laughs> I felt like there needed to be a shift for me and I wanted to focus on health and fitness. And what inspired that was actually a studio in Berlin called Yoga for All Mankind. I was really inspired by the owner, Nicole. The way that she combined yoga and Pilates together, where it wasn't so dogmatic, I guess, where sometimes the yoga community can actually be a little bit clicky, very like, oh, you have to do it the Ashtanga way, you have to do it like this, only wear hemp clothing. And (laughs) sometimes it can actually feel a little bit like you're an outsider, you're not accepted, which shouldn't be the way yoga should feel in my mind. So that's what I was drawn to that studio. Plus, I loved the combination of both yoga and Pilates because I felt that they just worked so well together and that you can learn different aspects about movement and fitness, how to engage things properly. And Pilates is a little bit more focused on the rehab, but also aesthetics. So I like that it's like a different type of strength training. Going there every single day, sometimes I spend two hours back-to-back yoga and Pilates like every day. That kind of just led the way for wanting to learn more about movement and then wanting to learn more about nutrition. I guess I just started getting interested in all things health. So at that point, I just wanted to learn about nutrition. So I did my first correspondence course while I was in Berlin from a school from New York, actually. Amazing. That's, I feel very much a common story, isn't it? That we start, we find something that just welcomes us in. We feel at home. We start to see results and not even necessarily, I think, physically, although that happens, it's just like, oh, I... I feel empowered by being here. I feel good. And you really do. I mean, the word obsessed, it does become that, doesn't it? Where you feel so good when you do it that you can't imagine not doing it. Absolutely. Sometimes I actually tell some of my clients that it's okay to be a little obsessed with health. It's not about being obsessed with every last thing you put into your body. Like I will say when I first started my nutrition courses, you get a little obsessed in the wrong way only because the term is called orthorexic. And it actually means that you're obsessed with the quality and types of foods that you're eating, not necessarily like restricting or binging or anything. And I definitely got to that point because when you learn so much about food and its potential negative side effects, first of all, it's overwhelming. And second of all, you're like, I just don't want to put anything bad into my body now that I know so much. But on the other end of it, to truly understand and learn about yourself, about your body, about food or training or how you really want to maximize your time. I think it's important to get a little obsessed about health and whatever that means for you so that you can truly understand why you're doing what you're doing and not just going through the motions or just eating the salad. Yeah. So let's dive into macronutrition because that was a really scary thing for me. So I'm just going to talk about my experience being very triggered by food, being someone who has had total extremes when it comes to food from binging to not eating at all, never really being able to nourish my body without some sort of shame or guilt or something. The idea of tracking what I ate scared me a little bit, but here's what my experience gave me is it allowed me to see the wasted caloric intake I had. What I mean by that is, oh my goodness, two glasses of wine. Sure. Maybe it doesn't have high calories, but my carbs would swing way up. And then you and I would have beautiful conversations about not even that. What is it actually doing inside of you to taking a bite of a sandwich that my kids were eating thinking, oh, I just had a bite, but how all those little things add up in your day 
and create an imbalance, it ended up becoming mindful eating. I paid attention to everything I was putting in my mouth and would ask myself the question, is this worth it? Is this what I want to put in? And is this serving me today? That was a bit of a discovery, a bit of a relationship, because there were some days where I did go back into that cycle of shaming myself, like, oh my goodness, I took a bite of the chips and I shouldn't have done that. And that would stem a whole bunch of old stuff. But at the same time, I really ended up learning to appreciate tracking my macronutrients because it made me hyper aware of wanting to be healthy and picking the right things. So that's how you train your clients, me being one of them. So maybe you could talk to us a little bit about macronutrients. I love that you touched on the fact that it's more of a mindful eating approach rather than it being like this obsessive tracking. So there's like two different terms or a couple of different terms. So one of the terms would be calorie counting, and then there's macro tracking. And then there's if it fits your macros. I find these as three totally different approaches. And the reason being calorie counting, you're only looking at numbers and you're only wondering if did I eat 2000 calories today or not? And it doesn't matter where those calories came from. So you can download apps and you can count your calories, but you're not really going to have the knowledge of why you're getting how much from protein or carbs or fats. And they did a study on this 2000 calories worth of Twinkies and still lose weight. You're not going to be happy doing it. And you're probably going to feel starving all the time because obviously those aren't very nutrient dense and they don't fill your stomach up. But when we're talking about a calorie perspective, you can look at just the number, but if you want to optimize how you feel and how you look, then you want to get a little bit more dialed in on these specifics of the macronutrients. So that's what macro tracking is to me is understanding the differences and why you want to get a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats and fiber understanding how to put all that together and how to make your own balanced meals, I think is the key piece to understanding sustainable results and a lifestyle that you can actually adhere to. That last piece, if it fits your macros, is probably another term that a lot of people think that macro tracking is. And they'll say, you could track McDonald's, you can track a lot of fast food places. And a lot of places list their macros online now, which is actually helpful. But It's obviously not the best approach to getting the, not just the body composition, but how you feel mentally and physically after eating those foods. It's a whole different ballgame. And beauty of it is you can get away with having those things and not guilt yourself because it's not a matter of, well, I had fast food. It's over. I give up on my diet. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's, I think, the beauty of actually understanding the differences between it and why flexible dieting, I guess, is another term for it. And macro tracking is, I think, the most sustainable because we're most likely to adhere to it. When it comes to any sort of diet, they all work. It doesn't matter what approach you have, whether or not you want to do the extremes and do unnecessary things like juice cleanses, paleo versus keto. If you want to follow a specific camp, you can, and you'll probably see results More often than not, it's because either you're adhering to something that has a specific guideline and principles and you're sticking to it, or you've taken out a complete macronutrient, which again, limits your options. And maybe also, maybe you had some digestive issues you didn't even know until you took those things out. So there's a lot of different benefits from following some of these specific diet camps. And it's not to say one's better than the other. My concern is that it's very, it worked for me. So it works for everybody and people get very like, you have to eat this way because it works. And I just think that it's such an individualized approach that we need to really hone in on what works for that person. And the thing that determines results is adherence. In the end, will you stick to it? Yeah. And I saw results so quickly by tracking my macros. 
I remember saying to you, like in the first week, I think I had really dropped a significant amount of weight, which I was looking for. That was the reason I did this is I had put on 20 pounds in 2020. I wanted to drop that and release it. And I remember thinking, I didn't feel like I deprived myself of anything. I really started to fall in love with the macronutrients and following that sort of balanced approach because at no point have I felt like I'm doing without ever. That's the most exciting part. And it's not so much a, a ploy to get people to, to do my coaching. We're like, hey, you could have alcohol. You can have chips at the same time. Yes, like to a degree, it's true. But I think the learnings that come out of tracking those things, you're kind of like, well, do I want it? And is it going to make me feel my best? You start to tune into how you feel after certain foods, the more you track it. And again, it's not about being obsessive. A good example would be if you have tracked something like a cheesecake or something that's really calorically dense and you're like, oh man, I don't even want to know or pizza. (laughs) And you're like, I don't even want to know what this is going to do because ignorance is bliss. When we actually know and we know the choices that we're making, we can understand when we say yes and when we say no. And it's not about saying no forever. It's about, is this the right time? Or is saying, am I saying yes too often? And just being really honest with yourself about it. Such a good point. And I know another thing we played with, which I really appreciated, and I think people need to understand is it's not just like, here's your macros, follow it. You were even asking me like, let's do a higher fat week. How do you feel? And then we did a higher carb week. How do you feel? And what was so beautiful for me Because I was in tune with what I was doing and what I was eating, I did see differences in how I felt, my energy, et cetera. I remember when we did the high fat week, I thought, I'm just not into those foods. Like I will not have avocado all the time or nut butters. Like it's just not what I would gravitate towards. So it wasn't that my energy changed. It's just like, those aren't the choices I would make in my diet. I'd rather have maybe some more carbs to play with, et cetera. So I really appreciated that about you. So maybe you could talk a little bit about each macronutrient. So I always start from the basics of carbs and fat being the more energy producing macronutrient. They both provide different types of energy at different rates. So let's say for instance, that fat is slower to digest. So it produces a slower burning energy or slower burning fuel. So if we think of them as fuel sources, or if we are a car, what kind of fuel we're putting into our engine. That one will give you sustainable, longer lasting energy, but you might not want to have a higher fat diet if you need quicker bursts of energy. So this can really depend on the type of day or type of job that you have even. So let's say on a rest day, I might be tending towards more higher fats because I don't really need carbohydrates for energy on that day. I might even do a little bit more intermittent fasting when I'm doing more mental work and I'm sitting down a lot more. And then carbohydrates can be used for more burst style energy where you're doing some intense workouts, maybe even just like a lot of housework or moving furniture around, you know, you're playing with your kids, whatever it might be, you might require different types of energy at different times of the day or different phases of your life. Even right now I do a lot of high intensity interval training. So carbohydrates really work in my favor, but maybe later on in my life, I know that that could shift. I know that if I'm moving less or I'm moving differently, that it it might be a different energy source that's best suited for me. So if we think about that and we can really time that out based on what we're doing that day or just what happens to suit our energy needs better. 
you noticed as well, where it's also about preference. And it's also about which of the macronutrients that you are going to utilize most often and that make you feel full for longer, just make you feel better overall. Like, are you feeling digestively a lot better? Some people just don't digest fats well too. So, or maybe they're just choosing the wrong types of carbs. If I think about those two macronutrients, they provide energy. And if we have too much of these, and these are all the way up here, and our protein is over here, we have an excess of energy and we have nowhere to put it. We didn't use it. So that's where fat storages can happen. Protein, on the other hand, my favorite macronutrient, as everybody knows, because it's being the focus. For sure, the first two weeks, it's something that we are honing in on to make sure that we are getting it and how to get it more efficiently in all of your meals. So most of the time, people tend to have very low protein breakfasts, I find. So that's an easy place to start making sure you're getting a high protein breakfast. Protein is a building block macronutrient, I would put it that way. It's also essential to the body. There's essential amino acids and there are essential fatty acids being from fats, but there aren't any essential carbohydrates, which is really interesting, but they are utilized very efficiently by the body and by the brain. So the brain really likes to use carbohydrates for energy, but it's one of those energy sources that's up and down. It's more of a spike, here's your energy, and then it's gone. So it makes you want to have more. So that's where having more carbohydrates on a day where you're trying to do mental work can actually be more distracting. We're snacking on things that kind of give us those ups and downs, then we'll probably be like, oh man, I'm feeling an energy slump again. I'm distracted. I'm going to go do that. So fats can be really good for that. But back to protein, we want to utilize that as a building macronutrient, whether that's building our muscle tissues or our organ tissues, our skin. So it's not just for muscle. Some people think like, I don't need to eat a lot of protein. I don't really work out. I don't care about building, you know, large muscles, but it's really essential to the body for hundreds of different processes and reasons. So we want to make sure we're getting that minimum amount every day because otherwise the body will try to find amino acids elsewhere to extract it, to utilize it for other functions in the body. So that means it'll take away from your muscle tissue if we don't eat enough. Mm-hmm. And that's where people can sort of see some negative impacts from losing too much weight, but they're not getting the body composition changes and the toned muscle that can be sacrificed if we're not eating enough protein. That makes so much sense to me. And I do feel like there is a science to food. There is a science to nutrition that I think we have maybe neglected or has been a little bit misunderstood with some of these diets. I mean, I can think of all these things when I was growing up and when I was focusing on nutrition, I mean, Atkins was the biggest one, like just eat fats and proteins and no carbs. And I remember going to like McDonald's and getting a breakfast sandwich and taking the bread off and eating like this breakfast sausage, egg and processed cheese. I look back and think like, what was I thinking? Like there was no (laughs) nutrition, maybe the egg, but there was no nutrition in that in such high fat. What was that doing to my body? But I do want to ask you something about protein because there is this whole thing right now where a lot of people are moving away from animal protein. And I don't want to talk about the ethics of that because that's not the point of this podcast, but I do feel like there's this trend and people get onto trends. For me, I eat animal protein, but what is your suggestion for someone maybe who is like, I don't want to eat that much animal protein. How could they fill that macronutrient up? That's a great question because it does come up a lot. I actually do have quite a bit of clients that are pescatarian or they can't eat dairy or they are choosing not to have a lot of animal products itself. I think that it comes down to, again, if you're willing to put the time into understanding macronutrients, I don't want to say it's not challenging because it is. It definitely is more challenging. It takes more effort to get the right amount of proteins and amino acids. 
we go back to that amino acid story, there are a specific amount of these amino acids to make complete amino acids, and we need all of them to function properly. Vegan sources or plant sources of proteins are not complete amino acids. So you need to do a lot more combining of plant proteins and different types, even vegetables that just have protein in them. You don't have to think just tofu or beans. Things like broccoli actually have a high amount of protein in them, but they're not going to have a full amino acid profile structure. So if we want to still have really great skin elasticity, joint health, and building muscle, we need to have all of the right amino acids. So we'll take a little bit more of an understanding perspective to figure out, you might be doing a lot of Googling, like what are the, what's the amino acid profile of X, Y, and Z, and what combinations do you need to put together to make sure you're getting that full profile so that you can actually benefit from all of those amino acids. If you're a, a vegan who is tracking and you are just trying to get, just get your protein up, It is a little bit more challenging. You're limited with your options as far as not having things that are also high in carbs or high in fat at the same time. And I'd say that, again, it's not impossible. And if you are really good at putting together those amino acid structures, specifically leucine is something that um, vegans are not able to get out of their protein sources. So that could be something you supplement with to make sure you're getting that high amount for muscle building. So you want to combine everything. But at the same time, when you're following your macronutrients and you're trying to maybe change your body composition for the better, your protein sources are always just as high in fat or always just in high as carbs. So for instance, beans have probably just the same amount of protein to carb ratio, and then tofu could have a higher fat to protein ratio. So if you're being mindful about trying to really dial in on your macros there, and maybe you know somebody in a bodybuilding perspective trying to get ready for a show, it's going to be a lot more challenging, and you're probably going to be limited with the options of what you can have on a daily basis. You know, vegan protein powders and tofu are probably going to be a majority of your diet if you are trying to get to a specific level of leanness. I know since we did some switches from vegan proteins into animal proteins, I've noticed a big difference especially when it comes to carbs and sugars and fillers. Like I couldn't believe the amount of fillers and sugars that were in a lot of the things that I was using as supplementary shakes or whatever it was and move into animal protein. It was really easy to adjust. I found it much more flexible because of the animal protein. There just wasn't as much need for sugars and so on and so forth. I'm not sure why, but it worked. (laughs) What do you say to somebody right now? Who's like, diets don't work, anti-diet culture. There's something about this that is like so sexy to me as a woman, just to be like body liberated. This is who I am. I am so drawn to that. But at the same time, I'm so drawn to being fit and healthy and having tone in my body. There's such a conflict in my mind around this. What do you say to the people who are like, totally against tracking, like kind of throwing their arms up in the air and saying, eat whatever you want. What would you say? Well, so I've actually had this conversation quite a few times. That's the biggest issue, right? We all get subjected to media, whether, you know, negatively or positively, we look up to certain people for different reasons. And whether they are right or wrong, or for whatever reasons that we are inspired by that person, they're going to get a negative spin on it no matter what. So let's say, for instance, in the 90s, or the supermodels, you know, being super, super thin. And now it made a bunch of younger women look up to them and say, I don't look like that. And now I'm going to do whatever I can to look like that, whether that's starve myself or, you know, and just kind of again, throw in the towel in how they would approach their own health. Now you have the opposite end of the spectrum as well. 
coming up in the body positivity, which is a great movement in its own too. But at the same time, health can be impacted if we are not addressing those things for the younger generation too. So if somebody is already struggling with eating well and eating healthily, or even what a doctor would clinically say that you are not a healthy individual and you are on track for XYZ in any of these comorbidities, then I don't think it's something that we should promote either. So I think that there is a fine line between what should be promoted as health. And I know that everything can be taken to the extreme. So it really comes down to not just focusing on the physical aspects of what fitness does for you. Cause I think specifically also with movement combined with your nutrition, everyone's like, well, I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to be bulky and I don't want to eat protein or live life and eat what I want. But you can do that at least in my perspective with flexible dieting and macro tracking, and you can understand health and you can understand nutrition without trying to downsize yourself. Just because somebody's tracking macros doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to get ridiculously lean and thin. You can learn so much from understanding what food is comprised of and that you are getting the nutrients that your body needs to thrive. And I think that's so much more important to understand nutrients and the balance of what your body truly needs, regardless of what size you're at, you can still maintain where you're at or make a little bit of body composition changes without your weight changing that much, but you can understand health from a different perspective. We are in a world of pendulum swinging so far the other way. I see it even with masculine feminine energy. We have been so excited about the feminine energy. We've swung that pendulum really too far the other way. And it is, it's coming to that middle ground and finding health and what that means to you and realizing that when we're healthy, our bodies may not look bikini competition ready. And so that's the point I think is what we're all trying to reach is that we appreciate our bodies no matter what they look like, but also pair that with nutrition and mindfulness. I do agree with you so much, Andy, around the tracking. What really changed my mind about it was you track your work, you are scheduling in your time with your kids, you're scheduling your entire life, but why is food and nutrition not a part of that? Why is it not being scheduled in? And that was the light bulb moment for me where I thought it's so true. Why am I not planning what I'm eating in a day? I was just literally not eating all day because I would be busy working and then just binging while I was cooking dinner at night because I was so hungry. And that changed for me. That idea really did elevate it where I thought, no, I got to plan my day like with the food, like I would anything else. You know, we have so much structure and whether or not you're even an A-type planner, you still most of the time have a structure of when you're working nine to five. And then you're like, okay, when am I going to fit in that workout? So you have some structure around those days, right? So leaving that completely up to chance when it's so important, because how we provide ourselves with nutrients day to day determines our overall health, longevity, our immune system, how long we are going to be around, or if we're going to be upright or not. Like there's just so many aspects to think about if we just kind of leave that you know, as a last thought, it just seems like, well, we might be living in the moment and working to work, but we're not actually working towards a very prosperous and enjoyable life. And I think that that's another piece now is that people are understanding that. And also as we age, I think most people are understanding that 50, 60 year olds, like they don't look like the 15, 60 year olds that they used to. 
we have so much more life to live, but at the same time, if we don't take care of ourselves now, we are going to have a harder time uh, shifting that later and having to go backwards. And you will get to that point where you're like, oh, I probably should have paid more, a little more attention to X, Y, and Z. So if you think about your future self, I think that's so important to understand. Also from the perspective of understanding your metabolism, how it is now will not be how it is later. And if you learn about it now, you'll have so much more power to understand what you need to do later. When we age, the amount of muscle loss that happens, the amount of bone density, things like this, you have no choice and your collagen, everything is just going to start to deteriorate, unfortunately. So if we understand how we can mitigate those things now, it's kind of like, you should get Botox when you're a little bit younger so that you prevent the wrinkles from later. It's not much different. If you're already thinking about those strategies, you should also be thinking from an anti-aging from an internal health perspective as well. That's so interesting. You brought this up because that was my next question I wanted to ask you is 40, 50, 60 year old women, do they have the capacity to be as fit as we were in our thirties? Do our bodies change? Is our hormones different that we will not have that same body composition or can we in fact achieve it? I'd love to know like the honest answer in that. There's a lot of excuses around hormones sometimes, and yes, they can impact for sure. Absolutely. But at the same time, sometimes we give into the same sort of habits at a certain time of our lives or we're like, kind of give up. I've raised my kids. Like, here's my time for myself, like enjoying a little bit more wine, maybe not also treating your body the same way. You don't train the same way, or maybe you're not even doing anything different in regards to training. Like strength training for older women is actually even more important because of that fact that we're losing bone density and muscle mass as we age consistently past age of 30. So it's not even like, Oh, I'll worry about it later. It's like, literally that's where that decline happens. So Those are things that can really impact and help along that process, even as our hormones are changing. If you want to understand where your hormones are at, absolutely get them tested and have the power put in your own hands and from a naturopath or from a functional medicine doctor to help you through that process so you can figure out that balance. To look at a perspective of maybe thyroid hormones, the same thing. When your hormones are kicked out and you've got a three-legged stool here, you kick out the stool, of course, things are going to just seem like they're all over the place at that point. But if you get some blood work and you understand where you're at, you can make those changes with macronutrients. Yes, your metabolism might have lowered because your hormones are imbalanced. You can work to get your hormones back in balance and your metabolism will change. But that doesn't mean the metabolism equation doesn't make sense. No matter what, you can still make progress by understanding where your metabolism is at in regards to your hormones not being in a perfect place yet. Yes, it means that you know it won't be as pleasant of a process, but it's not impossible. I agree. Andy, I think sometimes we just kind of put up the white flag and be like, well, I'm 40 or I'm 50 now. This is the way it's going to be. And I don't fall for any of that. So I'm really glad you you said that. And I think it's okay to call women out on those types of things. So I'm glad you did. Cellulite. Are you born with it? Is it just what you have? Can you get rid of it? What's the scoop on cellulite? I don't know a woman that doesn't affect. Okay. And even on a level of getting to a specific leanness in the bodybuilding culture you get to you will not see a lot but you still can see it it's not impossible for sure like back of the thighs and the bum women we usually get it around there the most and that's usually where we hold a lot of our weight to even on my show day if I really like squeezed my butt you would still see some dimples so it's really not a matter of okay, I have to lose all this body fat and I have to get rid of it. I think it's about, again, understanding 
that there is a certain level of muscle tissue and leanness that will help get rid of cellulite, they are stored pockets of fat. So if we are gaining weight consistently year over year, another five, 10 pounds, whatever it is, we are storing fat somewhere. Sometimes the fat distribution looks the way it does in those certain areas. And that is kind of like stored excess fat. We can still address that by losing that body fat. I think that genetically, yes, some of us are more predisposed to have it. And in in certain areas, it depends on where your mother or your grandmother had it in those areas, you're likely going to have it in the same areas too. But as far as getting rid of it, it can be totally up to how you're training, how you're eating. And then honestly, I do think that using like Medispa techniques can be really helpful. So if it's something that is stubborn and you've gotten down to a certain level of leanness where you're like, I do not want to get any thinner than I am. I don't think I need to, but I'm still struggling with cellulite. There's so much cool science in that realm that I think it's really neat to understand how fat cells are stored and how we can get rid of them using some of those tactics. There's good news for us, ladies. We can at least... (laughs) diminish some of the cellulite. Lord knows this girl needs to do that. The funniest thing I ever heard about cellulite was one of the mentors I used to have. She's like, looks like I laid down in a hailstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we've got to have a sense of humor about ourselves and our bodies and not take it so seriously. But what I'm learning through you is the art of planning what I'm going to eat and being intentional around my nutrition that a big bowl of salad with a lean protein feels really good in my body. It's not about the diet. It's about how it makes me feel. And I feel satiated. I feel clean. I don't know how else to describe it, but it feels clean in my body. I feel like I've served myself. As a mom, especially moms listening in, it's so often that we put ourselves at the back burner. And one of the ways we can do that is through our nutrition or movement and I'm here to suggest that it doesn't have to be that way, that we can actually put ourselves at the forefront. And it's such a beautiful example to give our children as well when they see me nourish myself. And often my kids will ask me like, mom, why are you having a salad rather than the pizza? And it's not that I won't have the pizza. I'll just have a big plate of salad first. And I say, because I really love salad. I love the way it makes me feel. I think that leaves a really nice impression upon them too, to pay attention to what they're putting in their bodies. And I've heard this before when it comes to cooking with our children, they're more likely to eat those things too. So it's just about getting that right message in and maybe learning about, oh, this is really good for you. You know why? Like if you eat this broccoli, you're going to grow nice and big and tall or something like that. And they kind of make those associations. I think that can be really, really powerful. And that's the same thing that you learn from macro tracking. I found that whether it's just from putting in the macronutrients on the app, you will actually see the micronutrient content of all the food you're eating too. And I think that that's a very powerful place to go and understand that not only am I getting this amount of protein, fats, and carbs, and this is the ratio that really works for me and not looking at carbs is all evil because it really depends on where you're getting them from, but also understanding that, wow, did you know all the nutrients that are in that sweet potato or in that piece of broccoli? Like, It's a a different way of mindful eating because when you're eating it, you know what you're taking in and so many other ways that you're like, yeah, like I know I'm putting the best thing in my body. That doesn't mean that when you have something bad that you're going to be like, oh God, I know what I'm doing to myself, but it's not necessarily like, okay, am I more often eating this way? Then it's okay if I have a little bit of French fries or chips sometimes. It's not the end of the world. It's just about understanding those choices and then making the better ones more often which I think can also lead to that intuitive eating approach because after you've tracked for enough time and you understand 
the foods that you need and the how to make your own meal compositions, which is kind of like making your own meal plan. Honestly, you can put this together for yourself. You can understand the nutrient values of the food that you're eating. And then you could say, you know what? I love this meal. I could eat it every single day. If you find those things, you're like, this is so easy. Once you know, you don't have to do anything about it anymore. We said that before we hit record. I was like, oh gosh, I kind of just know now what I want to eat and what feels good and what fits for me where I know I'm caring for myself. So I have some rapid fire questions I'd love to know. What's your favorite breakfast? Ooh, my favorite breakfast. Well, you know what's funny is I don't eat a lot of breakfast because I'm not hungry the moment that I wake up. So more often than not, I do have bulletproof coffee. So if that counts as a breakfast, I find that that is just really quick and easy. Yes. Okay. Favorite lunch. Okay. Favorite lunch is definitely going to be brogies. They're basically like a rice cake, but they're made out of corn. So it's like puffed corn and they're just corn water. I think it's corn water and salt, but there's nothing else in it. It's great. And they're really hard and crunchy and you can put so many things on them. But most of the time, if I have ground chicken left over in the fridge, more often than not, I'll do that with avocado salsa. Like it's kind of like this Mexican, like tostada type thing, but The carbs are really low. It's very crunchy. It's very light. And I can put a lot of like veggies and quick things on top. And I think lunch is best when it's quick. So something easy, quick, and not too heavy. What about dinner? What's your favorite dinner? (laughs) Oh, that's a hard one. I love cooking. I usually have a lot of vegetables and some sort of lean protein more often than not. What I focus on is changing the flavor or the spices rather than trying to change the base up all the time. One of my favorite things to do is a zucchini bowl. So I'll chop up zucchinis, bell peppers, onions. I chop them up into really small chunks and then I'll make like a big bowl out of it. I'll put either ground chicken, I'll we'll put fish on it, we'll do ground beef, whatever we have. I'll have to try that out. Okay, favorite go-to snack? Probably going to be a Daryl's bar. Mine too. I mean, <laughs> come on, they're just that good. Oh, friend, I have learned so much from you. I feel empowered in my health because of you. So I just need to edify you in this moment and say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I feel like I'm back on track. I feel like I am being responsible for my body, my health, and you have been a beautiful accountability partner and so highly educated. We didn't even get into half the stuff that you are so knowledgeable around, like supplements and how to take something and create. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your nutrition coaching? Well, first of all, thanks for that. I think that's really, uh, you know, I love hearing that. So, um, you know, being a part of everyone's journey and, and knowing that I was able to make that impact is always really special to me. I am mostly on Instagram. My Instagram is at live aligned and that's live without the E. The one thing I want to do in closing this, friends, is obviously this is a global podcast. We have people from Asia and South America and Africa and Europe. I mean, it's just so nice to have all of you here listening. But one thing we all share in common amongst our businesses and our lives is the longevity of the things in which we're building, the longevity of our businesses, longevity of our lives, relationships, et cetera. And What I've really come to realize is how I care for my body and my mind and my health is really the indicator for how far I can grow other things in my life. It starts here. Ladies listening in, I'll tell you, Andy's your girl. She's amazing. She's completely changed my 2021. And I actually can't imagine going back. I feel like a different person as a result. Tell us how you're going to be iconic today. We are running outdoor classes right now. So I'm coaching a class tonight. 
been a while since I've coached a class, at least outdoors too. So I just wanted to give back to those members as much as I could and give them a really awesome workout and, you know, leave them feeling amazing for the rest of their evening, even if it's just from the evening perspective. You know, sometimes I just think about how I can serve others in that regard and what can I do to give back that information again that I'm learning. So having a moment like this on the podcast, being able to give back that information is my moment of being iconic today, I guess. (laughs) And then giving back to people that I'm going to see later today. Also, my fiance and I do have our own podcast too. It's it's a lot F45 related things um, and and training related. So if you guys want to check that one out too, it's called what the F dot 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 45. A lot of things F45 related, but of course we dig into supplementation a lot too. My fiance is a kinesiology grad and CSCS uh, strength and conditioning coach too. So a lot of uh, training tips and things on there. So if you want to hear more about that end and get a little bit more sciencey in there, then you'll definitely get to that. Ooh, I didn't know. Okay. I'm tuning in and thank you for bringing that up because I think sometimes we listen to a lot of podcasts on mindset and business. I know I could build my library when it comes to health and nutrition and moving my body. So I cannot wait to tune in and I really appreciate your time, Andy, and I appreciate your care and consideration for those you work with. And I'm really glad we got to have a good chat today. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing. And allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.